He's back from his summer break. Thomas Mulcair, former leader of the federal opposition. Nice to have you. Were you, were you having one of those classic Canadian canoeing, camping, sitting on the dock experiences? Exactly. Yes. As a matter of fact, I went for a nice swim early this morning. So yes, I'm still in the country, John, but now I'm getting a chance to talk to you again and it's delightful. Nice. Well, I can almost hear the country. Okay. So uh, most of our stories this morning, uh, the uh, opposition leader, Pierre Polyev comes to bear on him. Maybe that's not surprising because uh, he seems to be a prime minister in waiting, but we'll get to the polls and the ads in a moment. I wanted to start with Justin Trudeau under fire for the federal government's lackluster response to the housing crisis. And again, Pierre Polyev comes into this because a lot of people are pointing at him and saying he's the one who's getting this right. Oh, Polyev is definitely getting it right on housing and on pocketbook uh, issues more generally, John. Uh, I think that he's talking to a younger generation as well. He's talking to millennials and he's saying, look, you're the first generation in Canada that's going to have less than your parents. I want to fix that. So that's you know a very inviting proposition for young people who are looking at the fact that they will not do as well as their parents. And it is the first time in Canadian history. It's working for him. It's essentially, it, despite the fact he's not very strong on the environment, we'll get to that in a second, but it's essentially at its core, an argument based on sustainable development, which is about fairness between generations. So Poitiers has been doing well with that. Trudeau, not only has it, has it been lackluster, but it was passing strange when Trudeau just shrugged his shoulders and said, you know, housing's not mostly a federal responsibility. This is from a party that's brand is built on having a federal government that takes care of issues like that. So it was not in, in sync with what the Liberals have always said. And it just went over like a lead balloon with the, the average voting Canadian who's getting crushed by increasing interest rates for their mortgage and young people who can't access the market. On the environment side, the, the trouble that Poiliev is putting himself in was reflected in the Auditor General's report last week about the Green Belt. What Doug Ford did in pushing aside what Podyev always calls the gatekeepers, people who are there to apply rules that are in the public interest, like an environmental assessment protecting precious uh, milieu and habitat, he, he's not doing that anymore. He's against it. He's, Ford got caught by the Auditor General. And Podyev is promising to do more. Now, that goes against what a lot of young people feel, which is you have to protect the environment for future generations. So Podyev's in a bit of a quandary. He's trying to talk out of both sides of his mouth on this one, and he's getting caught. Meanwhile, interesting uh, profile today about how the federal conservatives and Polyev as the leader are increasingly getting into mainstream conspiracy theories. For example, he announced that no member of his government would ever go to Davos. Um, you know, he complains about these international gatekeepers. Vows, uh, yeah. yeah. He hasn't yet got into the, uh, you know, liberals are going to make you eat crickets, but it's only a matter of time. Not far. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they're, they're coming for, for your gas stoves. This is kooky stuff. And you could almost forgive it when Poiliev had to go down that path when he was trying to beat Maxime Bernier in Portage Lisker. That Manitoba by-election was crucial for the Conservatives under Poiliev. They hammered Bernier into the ground. They, he got less than what the party had gotten in the last general election. But at what cost? I mean, he was using homophobic tropes. He went after Bernier for having once attended a pride parade. And he's, then he went after Bernier for having gone to Davos for the World Economic Forum. But it's become a thing. On the summer barbecue circuit, this is one of the things that Poiliev talks about. He also talks about an imagined federal 
digital compulsory digital code for every Canadian. This is the type of thing that you find online that people share all this stuff about the World Economic Forum, John. It's out there. And there are a lot of people who believe this firmly. And it gets into some dark territory. And I'm not, by the way, inferring directly or indirectly that Pondyev believes this part of it. But it almost invariably leads to George Soros. There are there are really disturbing tropes about him and his religious origin that are out there. And this is very unseemly. And Poiliev should be well advised in the most literal sense. He should have good advisors saying, boss, don't touch this stuff. It's toxic for the average Canadian. So he's shoring up his base, but he doesn't have to. Everybody who believes this stuff is already going to vote for him. He's simply alienating other people who are saying, this is passing strange what you're talking about and so yes the polls to get to your other point the polls are good they've done a makeover they've lost the glasses his hair has less brill cream in it uh he doesn't wear a tie uh, to barbecues anymore and he's showing his wife and their kids and trying to soften the image somewhat that's going to get him so far and he's doing a good job of trying to define himself before the liberals go after him and define him for the public but he's got, to, he's got to make a choice once again. You know, you can't say, oh, I'm going to get rid of the gatekeepers and then talk about sustainable development. And at the same time, you can't say, look, I'm a mainstream guy. I deserve my chance to become the prime minister of Canada and adhere to these really wacky conspiracy theories. He's got to make a choice. Okay. And speaking of makeovers, I've known you for about 30 years. I don't think you ever went through one, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, during the campaign uh, for t- 2015, when I faced off against Harper and Trudeau, I had like some really serious advisors who were saying, you've got to lose the beard. You've got to lose the beard. People with beard don't get elected. I said, no, I- I- I'm the guy with the beard. That's okay. You know, <laughs> take it or leave it. But no, I'm not shaving off the beard. By, by the way, Philippe Couillard, yes. uh, you know, the- who became Quebec Premier, I- we were cabinet colleagues. He always had a beard and he shaved it off. And he won in uh, in his election in 2014, and then he didn't sh- shave it off in 2018, and he lost. So maybe there is something to to the makeover theory and beards and whatever else that you have to make over. Okay, listen, we've done our big topics, uh, but I wanted to freeform for a second because I I thought of you this morning. I was in Ottawa on the weekend, and yes. I don't have to name drop or anything, but I was having lunch with a very high ranking official, and she said. Sorry, I just got something in my throat. Uh, we were talking about uh, all kinds of important stuff, and she said, we've got to keep it down. And then we just actually started using initials for all of the people we were talking about. Right, of course. So was that a phenomenon for you, where you couldn't in public really have a free exchange about politics and careers and policy because somebody might overhear it? Oh, yeah, especially in Ottawa, because Ottawa is based on gossip. And, oh, I saw John Moore sitting down with, you know, what he was talking about and this and that and the other thing. Of course, people repeat everything. And, you know, knowledge is power. So if you've got a little bit of name dropping and a little bit of a source of information, you you try to use it. And you learn how to talk around it. And you're also careful where you speak and and about what. I mean, we had really good staff and we were even careful what we would send each other and how. You know, the good old telephone (laughs) actually works a lot better than leaving a, a trail and everything that you write. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of that going on in any capital city. But the fun part is picking up bits and pieces of it and getting to use it after. Thank you very much, sir. Good to have you. Great to be back, John. Talk to you next week. Thomas Mulcair on a Mulcair Monday. He's the former leader of the federal NDP. I remember when we were in the States, it wasn't for security reasons, but um, at the height of the Trump administration, uh, we decided if we were ever going to talk about Trump or his wife, Melania, we would say Malala instead. And 
Lo and behold, we came into an airport and we were sequestered on our plane because the first lady was on her plane on the tarmac and nobody was allowed to move. And so we're telling that story to some friends in a restaurant. We talk about how we were, um, you know, held on a plane because Malala and her plane were on the tarmac. And I think there are probably some people in a restaurant who still think the girl who was shot and recovered for fighting for the rights of girls to go to school, that somehow she ended up with her own airplane.